Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenzie B. We're looking back at Tuesday. Um, are boomers' rights being represented? Who cares? Uh, cars versus utes. Um, and the uh, new ice block Marcus seems to have fallen in love with. Uh, but before any of that, um, we've got some mining stats out. It turns out this government just loves approving mines. Who knew? Given the Prime Minister's promise, you must be pretty annoyed about this. Yes. Well, it's been a long time um, and a, lot of, a lot's gone on in the three years while we've been waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. And we're aware that New Zealand First is a considerable block to it. Uh, they're pro-mining. And we're also aware that there's people in the Labour Party um, who are pretty keen on on continuing to destroy um, land through mining. But, you know, I think it's a very important time for us to protect the environment. And, and it is very disappointing that nothing's been done because the, uh, the coalition government um, has not managed to protect from mining. And what that has signalled is that to the mining industry is that, that under national they had free range and now they're hoping to continue that under the current government. Well, and they are by the looks of things. Well, they are. And and it's been quite serious. Um, in our area, we haven't... A lot of the new licences have been in the South Island with alluvial gold mining on the West Coast. But in our area, the Coromandel, Hauraki area, we've seen Oceana Gold, which is a huge mining company, do a lot of um, expanded drilling programs um, around the behind Sangmata on the conservation land where the rarest frog in the world lives. And, you know, time and time again, we have made representations to government asking them to honour their promise. And uh, we, we've been fobbed off. They just keep saying, oh, we can't quite get to consult yet. We haven't finished the paper. It's not happening. Uh, and, 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 you know, we are very, very disappointed. Catherine Delahunty there, former Green Party MP. Um, yep, so government just loves, loves, loves mining. More mines, the better. Here's Kerry McIver. Been mining in this country since pre-European times. Māori quarried for rock like argillite, which was used for tools and filleting fish and the like. Europeans have been mining for just about everything else ever since. Now, the reason for the delay in the ban on new mines on conservation land is, according to Damien O'Connor, that there was a heck of a lot of work to do on the legislation. Well, you get that with legislation and rules and laws and submissions and the like. But I think Eugenie Sage, the Minister of Conservation, underpinned the real reason. She said there are three parties in government and the parties are yet to reach an agreement. While I'm pretty sure Labour and the Greens would have been in agreement, they would have been singing from the same songbook, it's New Zealand first that's the sticking point. And with Regional Development Minister Shane Jones having already pinned his colours to the mast and on, on record as saying mining is part of the West Coast hopes for economic development and further, extractive industries wouldn't be written out of any development script he's part of and further, giving some of the PGF to mining companies, you can see that New Zealand first is indeed the sticking point. So a promise was made. There will be no new mining applications approved on conservation land. They have been approved. And for once, the government failing to keep a promise is a very good thing. Yeah, it puts the right-wing media in a difficult position, doesn't it? When um, you, you criticise the government for breaking promises, when the promises were promises that you didn't like in the first place.
tricky, tricky. Let's move on quickly and forget any of that happened. Uh, Katie Hawksby thinks that boomers aren't getting enough representation. What? Just ask any media company or marketeer who they're targeting. It's youth. Even our government-owned state radio station wants a youth channel. I have no idea why. Given I don't know a single young person who listens to music on the radio, they all stream via Spotify, etc. None of our kids listen to the radio. None of them watch free-to-air TV. In fact, they barely watch any TV at all. Youth are into instant gratification. If they want something, they'll find it on the internet, via their laptop or on social media. This obsession with youth is not new, though. It's also why we see so many older people being celebrated for still being employed, especially women, and ones in the media. It's a headline if a woman 50-plus is still on air. Why should it be, though? Why should we see that as so unique, rare, and amazing? Because our culture caters to youth and therefore gets so excited when someone dares to be over 50 and still gainfully employed. It's worse if you're male, actually. If you dare to have an opinion and express it at over 50 years old, you're called pale, male, and stale and virtually cancelled on the spot. Raising teenagers as we are, I love youth. I see tremendous value in them. But from a monetary point of view, it's a demographic that's got very little cash compared to boomers. Yet they're the focus of all marketing and advertising, which is weird, given they can really only afford an energy drink and a takeaway coffee. They certainly don't own houses. They barely own cars. They're a generation so spooked by climate change and carbon footprints they're inclined to travel less. So where's the representation for the booming generation of older people who, by the way, are living longer and are more active than ever before? Why aren't we catering more to them? It is a bit weird. Uh, I remember I used to, in a former incarnation, um, write, produce radio commercials and you never understand clients who were obsessed with marketing to uh, kids with no money when the people with the disposable income were a bit older. But there is a sort of an aspirational thing to it too. Old, older people want to be younger, so there's a bit of that going on. It's not clear, uh, perhaps, whether they prefer a car or a ute, though. It's about practicality. I mean, you can get all the kids in the back. You can get the dogs on the back if you really want. Um, the tow bar, the towing capabilities... Um, and the ability to go off-road if you need to. Yep. It seems to make sense. I agree. Absolutely. Can, I, can I ask one, what I think is a very important question for people on either side of the equation, do you actually live on a farm or live in a country town? No. We live in a city. Okay, we've got a, a one-and-three-quarter lifestyle block, but we don't use it for that. But my husband certainly uses it for towing, like, firewood and, yeah. um, right you know, we yeah. do a lot of camping and outdoor stuff. See, that's the other thing, Katrina. I presume with your D-Max, it'd have a three-and-a-half tonne you know, towing capacity, which is what my Hilux has got. And you can put 200, I don't know about your tray, but I can put 200 kilograms of weight on the back of my tray, not in the tray, on the top of it. So you've got all your stuff in the tray, and then you can put two-and-a-half tonnes on top. That's all right. Well, we tow a side-by-side. Oh, OK, yeah. Katrina, you know. thank, I'll tell you, I've, I've got to say, this is a really lovely call because for the first time <laughs> I can feel waves of testosterone coming across the desk at me from Simon when he's talking about what he can put on the back of the tray. The I, year and what, you, I love it. Yeah, good Beautiful. on you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. And Katrina, last thing, do you, do you get some, do you feel you get a bit of kind of heat from other drivers because you're in your big D-Max? Do you think there's a bit of negativity towards you? No, 
not at all. I just think um, I think people feel intimidated by them because they sit higher. So when you're behind them in the lights, of course, you're looking down into them yeah. a bit more. And I just think, you know, people do... Because there's so many Suzuki Swifts on the road, isn't there? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I suppose true. Those are the drivers that feel intimidated. There are a lot of Suzuki Swifts out there. St- people still into Suzuki Swifts. They, they, they sort of had their... They were really big a couple of years ago, weren't they? I mean, they've never been big. They've always been small, but... Um, I tried getting into one once, and I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm big, bits of me are big, wrong bits are big, but I'm not tall, is what I mean, or wide, let's put it that way, and yet, I really felt like I struggled to fit in a Suzuki Swift, but maybe that, maybe I'm just not the, quite the right shape, I'm definitely not the right shape, actually, the more I think about it. Nothing I can do about that, so I may as well just have a raspberry and lime fruit you. Credit where it's due. I've given Fonterra a hard time for their ice block range, although this week, from the White Tops Dairy, I tried one of the fruit juice, raspberry and lime. Flip. I was home and I said, I'm going back for another. Because the thing about the fruit juice, they do something with the, they do something with the ice block that you can, you can suck the flavour from within it, so you almost put your mouth over the ice block and you suck the flavour out of it and gee it's good but who would have thought that raspberry and I think it's raspberry and lime I've always been a grapefruit fruit you person and I think the kids had it and they said oh your dad you I don't know what they said actually I think they had a two dollar limit at the dairy or something and I thought well actually what can we do of course two dollar limit's flexible I don't know you don't know how much anything costs these days but um Steered one kid towards like a paddle pop or something, looked terrible. And I took the difference, bring my $2 up to $2.70. And gee, honestly, I don't know if you can buy them at the supermarket, but it's called a Fruju. Fruju short for fruit juice, I presume. One of the great marketing things. But boy, it's good. There's good and bad fruit juice. I don't know what all the flavors are. Oh, at New Zealand's southernmost dairy, and it was beautiful. Well, there's probably a dairy at Stewart Island, but, oh, raspberry and lime. You see, orange crush, I'd give that a miss. Pineapple crush, <laughs> grapefruit and lemon, tremendous. But I don't know what they're thinking. If someone came to work drunk or what they thought, right, because you wouldn't think it would go together, but you got the sweetness of the raspberry and then that kick of the lime. It's almost like a tequila shot. So since... um. Autumn seems to be the new summer, and it seems to be so warm. If you find yourself in front of a dairy, give it a go, because I thought it was delicious. Now I just want tequila-flavoured fruit juice, to be perfectly honest with you. In fact, why don't they make alcoholic ice blocks? Would you have to go to... I suppose you'd have to go to the bottle store to buy those, wouldn't you? Well, that'd be all right. Um, My bottle store's next to the dairy anyway. Kids, go to the dairy. I'll go to the bottle shop. Meet you outside in 30 seconds time with our house blocks. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Wednesday. I will see you back here again uh, tomorrow.